In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 35, Andrew and Jerry Throw a Flag. I am Andrew Langer. Jerry Rogers. And I'm using my radio voice here once again, as I always do today. Uh, We got a jam-packed show. We're going to be joined in a little bit by Tim Graham, who is the executive director of Newsbusters at the Media Research Center. Um, uh, we we're calling this, uh, Andrew and Jerry throw a flag or throw the flag, uh, because we are throwing a flag on the concept of spiking and slow walking. It's an issue that Jerry and I have been discussing quite a bit between the two of us over the last few weeks, this idea of the media ignoring stories and spiking stories or slow walking stories like the, uh, potential freight rail strike. We're going to get into this in a second, but Jerry, I want to start here because we talked yesterday. I mean, did, uh, you I and I talked yesterday. Yes, I'm we did several times, but but we, uh, we, I think we talked this morning as well. Yes, we did. I, I I almost I almost called this show Andrew and Jerry are top of mind, and I want to <laughs> ask you because we get we can play the clips if if you want. But this, have you? Yes, I, I think we, we should play the clips because let's okay. put this in context. The president yeah. of the United States yesterday uh, was uh, hosting a. Uh, White House conference on food insecurity. By the way, how the media led up to this conference, uh, the Washington Post, New York Times, other venues all said that uh, Biden uh, to <laughs> Biden to solve hunger crisis. Yeah, yes, of course. It was yes. like it was like he was uh, some kind of messiah uh, coming down from the mountain uh, to finally fix our problems uh, uh, in poverty and homelessness and, 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 uh, and, and hunger. But regardless, then they had this big pre-event or pre-memorial um, for this congresswoman who had passed away. And then the president starts asking where this woman is. So let's, let me play the clip. And, and I will tell you something, Jerry, again, getting back to what you and I have talked about in the past, before I retweeted this, I, I went back and I wanted to make sure that this was from yesterday, that it was a real clip, uh, that it was, and that it was not from an earlier meeting that he'd had right sure. before send, right. Uh, uh, when Jackie Walorski died. Here you is the you pre- did, you, wait, wait, before you, you play it, you did more to confirm and clarify your, your tweet than most reporters do when they are filing a story. Except except we're going to get into what the White House had to say yesterday. So here's the president yesterday morning. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I think she was going to be here to help make this a reality. So, So he is clearly talking about Congresswoman Jackie Walorski. And by the um, way, the reason why he cut himself short there was because he probably is unable to uh, uh, pronounce her last name. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So so obviously this raised an issue and reporters um, and this goes on. In fact, it goes on so long, this thread that Curtis Houck put out, uh, Curtis Houck from from Media Research Center, uh, Newsbusters. Uh, we're going to have his colleague Tim Graham on in a few minutes. Um, it, it got I was playing this so much 
that my wife had me stop because she just it, it just got to this. So here is Cecilia Vega asking uh, Corinne Jean Pierre, the president's the White House press secretary, about the she 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 had the first question on this. Final one. What happened in the hunger event today? The president appeared to look around the room uh, for an audience member, a member of Congress who passed away last month. He seemed to indicate she might be in the room. What, so, what so the president was, uh, as you all know, you guys were watching uh, today's event, a very important event on uh, food insecurity. The president was naming uh, the congressional champions on this issue and was acknowledging her incredible work. He had uh, he had already uh, planned to welcome the Congresswoman's family uh, to the White House on Friday. There will be a, a bill signing in her honor this coming Friday. Uh, so, of course, she was on his mind. She was of top of mind uh, for the. She was of top of mind. Jerry, is that a phrase you've ever heard before? I've never heard that phrase before. Well, I've heard the phrase top of mind. Top of mind. Sure. But she's, on, the, she's uh, on her mind at the forefront of her mind. And anyway, we go ahead because I'm of top down. of mind. But here's the thing, too. It's an awkward situation for the White House, again, because it was absolutely clear that this woman had passed away because they celebrated her prior to the president. So they have this short memorial or this uh, this nod to her. Right. And then he's on the stage looking for her. Yeah. So so here is here is CBS Radio News's Stephen Portnoy uh, also asking about this. Um, hold on, let me pause this. So, so he asks uh, about this. He, there, there are several other follow-ups here, but, but he goes back and, and cause I want to get to the thing that really just angered me about this exchange, but you know, this is, this is a legitimate question. This is an important question to ask. And, and eventually, uh, EWTN eyewitness, the, the, the Catholic channel, I think it is. Yeah. The, the woman got very pointed and 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 was like we need to know if the president has cognitive abilities here so so stephen portnoy asked this question i compelled to ask you to go one more time back to the question about congressman Wolorski. i'm not sure why 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 one more time frankly honestly i think the memory of the congresswoman in history requires some clarity here so so he asks she and she she dismisses and says well why i don't know why uh, um, and then she goes on and she says that they're jumping to conclusions. Um, and then hold on. I want to go down to, uh, James Rosen from Newsmax, ask a question. And this is, this is the response that just, just angered me incredibly. Hold on. All right. And for those of you who can't hear it, he basically asks about, he says, I have John Lennon on my mind every day. Green, I have John Lennon top of mind just about every day, but I'm not looking around for him anywhere. When you sign a bill for John Lennon, Lennon has president, then we can have this conversation. I mean, that, 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 I got to tell you. That I'm not even sure. What did she say? When you sign a bill? You, as, when you sign a bill, right? When you president. sign a bill for John Lennon or John Lennon as, as president, whatever, when you become president of the United States and you sign a bill for John Lennon, uh, then, then we can, then you can ask that question. Which is well, look, I, I have I have no sympathy or empathy for the media because uh, it is obvious that yes. Joe Biden uh, is not at full capacity, at full uh, uh, mental capacity. And yet the media for a year in the 2020 election, they hid this. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and this is and this is the point that I made. And, and, and this was my hot take. And I know we're not big fans of hot takes here, but this is my hot take. Um, I, I, cause I've been, I've been trying to compare it to 
I, I originally had compared it to Orwellian language. You know, there is no war in East Asia. Um, you can also, I suppose, compare it to uh, um, uh, the Wizard of Oz. Pay no attention to the um, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. But what Corinne Jean-Pierre was trying to do was engage in the Jedi mind trick, right? Literally trying to repeat the lie so many times and say the same phrase. She was a top of mind. You know, uh, um, uh, you will love this. It is much better than cats. You'll go and, and see it again and, and again. And why shouldn't she do that? Because up up until uh, uh, today, and it'll it'll continue uh, uh, throughout the, the year and, and through history, the media falls for these things not because they're tricked but rather because they want to promote a certain ideology a certain uh uh, uh, viewpoint and once again it comes back to can you imagine right you had that thing that situation where donald trump was uh uh, slow you know was a a short stepping up a, a ramp and they said he was in cognitive decline um if donald trump had called for I called out a, a, a late member of Congress from the podium at an event, you know, you would have the clarion call would be Donald Trump needs to. And again, you're you know, right. He needs to take a cognitive, uh, you need to take a sure. cognitive test. And, and, but here's the thing. If this was a, a one-off, it's, it's not a big deal. But um, for two years now, this president right. has just made up things. Yes. He has created uh, entities and events. He has misremembered. He has fallen down. He has stumbled. He has looked confused. I mean, last week uh, he was uh, 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 giving uh, giving a a, a talk uh, and then left the podium and was completely lost. Right. He and- looked like he he looked like an elderly man who got out of his nursing home. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, I'm not, and again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not being uh, uh, I'm not overstating here. On 60 Minutes a couple of weeks ago, he reiterated again, changed U.S. policy again when yeah. it comes to Taiwan. Right. Right. And then they had to and then they had to walk it back. And it's sure. it's you know, it, it is a situation where right. Corinne Jean-Pierre is ill equipped to handle this. Right. You know, and it's it's of a course, situation where she it doesn't matter because the media We'll give her a pass and give her a pass. Well, this is what we're going to get into with Tim Graham. We're going to talk about this issue. And let's sort of set the, the set the table here, as we said. So we have issues of spiking. And let me, let's, you and me. The media this. spikes a story. Yes. doesn't cover it. Yes. The sin of omission. Right, right. The sin of omission. The, the idea of, uh, you know, major media not reporting on the story of the 30 FBI agents showing up at the home of the pro-life visitor, uh, pro-life uh, activist. Um, um, and arresting him on a crime that that is apparently not is certainly not a, or it's debatable whether it is a federal crime. Um, it, and also uh, he had been charged under this uh, statute and it was thrown out. This was the feds uh, picking it up after uh, after Pennsylvania and, and, and uh, picking uh, it up. Of course, despite the out. fact that you know that the um, um, that the the federal courts within the district because remember right you have precedents that apply nationally you know when the supreme court rules on something but then you have precedents that apply in the in an appellate district right you know at the uh, or circuit uh, you know uh and then you have a precedent that applies in a particular federal district the federal district court for pennsylvania 
Um, and and as clear as the controlling case law goes regarding the FACE Act, right? Because this is the act that he was charged under, right? Which is blocking your law, this, this this federal federal statute that uh, doesn't allow for the blocking of an abortion clinic. But here's right. the thing, too. Um, he the reason why it was thrown out was simple. He wasn't blocking access to an abortion clinic. Well, no, no, no. He wasn't charged. No, no. Let's let's be really clear here. He wasn't charged at the at the state level. At least I don't think he was charged at the state level or uh, at the local level, right? Because it, it under he was just charged with assault, and they threw That's out it. the assault charge. Okay. And, and because because again because assault is a particular crime. Yes. And there are issues of intent sure. and the circumstances, and given right. what the guy how the how the how the guy was harassing this activist His son. son. Yeah, right. The the, right. the DA said, you know something, it, we're, you know a pox on right. the house. He's being charged now oh. with the federal statute, and but the but but here's the thing, and, and we, we'll talk this about this important. with Tim in a minute. The thing is, is that he wasn't breaking the federal statute. And that's my point, is that right. is that is that you can listen, you can debate this, right? If if there's been no case regarding the FACE Act and regarding the specific right. circumstances yes. that are, ding, uh, that are at work here, right? You could have that debate, right? But we now understand that in the controlling in the federal district where they're in the controlling precedent, right? Yes. Remember, the yes. left is all about stare decisis. I got sure. into this. Man, I got into this with uh, with Tom Schaller, that professor at UMBC, uh, about another issue. But but and make it, your point though. Your your point is is that under precedent, yes, what this pro life uh, uh, advocate did was did not, not did not was, break the law. Was not a violation of the right. federal face act. The thing, and and and, and regardless, uh, uh, Merrick Garland's DOJ sent thirty yes armed agents with guns drawn at 7 a.m. Uh, to arrest this man, even though his lawyers yes. had said, look, if you're going to charge him, we think the charge is is Bullshit. is not applicable. Sorry. However, he will turn himself in. Yes, that's exactly right. He will he will appear. You don't have to go down this road if you're going to. This is this is plain and simple political persecution. Uh, and 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 where is the news media, which is why we have our and political guests. persecution at a time when they're trying it, they, they're, they're grasping at straws to keep the abortion issue alive going into the midterm elections as it's all beginning. Right. It's all about right. narrative building. And now it's time for our segment called Expert Advice. Expert Advice. Well, welcome to our Expert Advice segment. Uh, so glad we can bring our guest on today. His name is Tim Graham. He is the editor of executive editor. I'm sorry, not just a mere editor, the executive editor of, of Newsbusters, which is a project of the Media Research Center. He's actually been someone who's been in DC or in and around DC longer than me and Jerry have, or Jerry and I have. Uh, Tim, uh, welcome to the show. So glad you could join us today. Yeah, thank you. Executive editor might be one of those titles of people who worked here in the 80s. Yes, sure. I, I like that. I, but I, I also, I think, you know, look, we have some editors and writers and authors who listen to our show. Andrew, you just said mere editor. Yes. You know, yes. I'm, so I guess I'm just a mere editor. Over well, Jerry, keep books. in mind, remember that the, the way it works and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do a backhanded ding here, Tim. And I don't mean this. Remember, Jerry, the more important you are, the fewer words there are in your, in your, is, in yeah. your titles. So. Yeah, that's why I'm you know, on my radio show. I'm just Jerry. Yeah, but Jerry, but Tim, <laughs> you're also the host of the Newsbusters podcast at MRC, yeah. 
um, which is a great podcast. And, and we're, we're so excited. We were thrilled to, to have you join us uh, today. Um, let's start here because Jerry and I teed this up and the, the, you know, the way we do this is we start talking about issues and then we bring on an expert to tell us what's really going on. So, because we have no idea. Yeah. Arno, <laughs> the author Arno Deborshkov, and I, I think every sentence should begin with, as the author Arno Deborshkov said, <laughs> and he wrote a book called The Spike. He was a, he was a, 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 a he was an editor of, uh, a, no, he was a reporter, maybe an editor at Newsweek. A mere, a mere editor. A mere editor. At Newsweek, he is one of the first people, I think one of the first people to bring into popular lexicon the concept of spiking stories. And Jerry and I have become deeply concerned at, at the media, both spiking stories to shape the narrative, but also slow walking stories like the story of the railroad, uh, the, the freight rail strike, which none of us heard about until it was on top of us. Talk about the, how the popular perception of both slow walking and spiking has changed over the last 30 years? Well, I mean, some some things are eternal. And, and um, you know, gosh, we hate to sound like this is a conspiracy, but generally news stories surface when they the Democrats want them to surface. Yes. I'm, we not, were... sure, I'm not sure how exactly that happens because we don't get their text messages, like, you know, the Mark Meadows text sure. messages. I <laughs> want... Rachel Maddow's text messages. So we know how this actually operates. We, we, we know we saw a little bit of it, right? With the Steele dossier, when that came to light, we saw how things got manipulated. But one of the things Jerry and I were literally just talking about was this arrest of the pro-life activist um, uh, by the FBI. And I pointed out that the timing, you know, you know, the abortion is the, the driving issue for the Democrat base going into uh, the midterms. Uh, and this just happens to happen. Uh, at the start of early voting. I mean, am I, is this, this is what we're talking about, isn't it? Except that it's not exactly a story the liberal media is doing. Well, that's what, yes, right. It, it's probably pleasing to liberals when they hear conservatives complain about it. Um, it this is really what, this is what we call, oh, that's a Fox News story. Oh, sure. You know, this is how they dismiss things. This is how Democrats talk Democrat reporters off of stories. The Hunter Biden laptop. That's a New York Post story. Yeah. You know, they <laughs> talk about no. slow, slow walking a story, you know. Oh, well, maybe by 2022, we'll do a report that acknowledges it's real. Yes. Yeah. Jerry, go ahead. You were going to say well, something. Uh, the, uh, the, the Pennsylvania story is troubling because, again, and Andrew and I talk about this on the podcast, but also, you know, in, in other other venues. It should make a difference if you're a Democrat, Republican, conservative or progressive when the Department of Justice uh, sends 30, 40 armed agents to your home uh, for a uh, for a. Uh, for at, at best uh, uh, for troublesome he didn't break the law and his lawyers were negotiating with uh with the government for him to turn himself in if they wrongly charged him and i don't understand where are the civil libertarians talking about a 7 a.m raid children in the home uh and, and again guns drawn i mean this is just it's outrageous and it should be this should be the the story the past the past several days, but it's not. Well, if the American Civil Liberties Union was anything like it used to be, sure, then they they would at least be uh, alarmed by it. I think that 
Once again, uh, it certainly follows that if you found it outrageous that they raided Mar-a-Lago, of course, for some documents uh, that were in a closet, once again that were being negotiated about, um, this is this is feeds a narrative, and that is, you know, every time the Democrats are in power, one of the myths that uh, erupts is, oh, well, now the Department of Justice is going to be much less partisan than when the Republicans are in power. And then when incredibly obvious evidence surfaces, uh, you know, the partisanship of the Justice Department, they just assume at all times that it's above board. And I think the the timing of the Mar-a-Lago raid, where it was like, well, uh, in between House January 6 hearings, we're going to go, four, we'll count four weeks this way and four weeks the other way right. and go boom. Uh, <laughs> just so CNN and MSNBC and the, and the newspapers have something to obsess over for another four weeks, um, it smells. Uh, well, and this, this obviously is much worse than that because, yes, somebody who shoves a clinic escort yeah. who is hassling his 12-year-old kid. That does, you know, what kind of bad, crazy episode of of FBI is that? <laughs> it really has more to do with the absurdities of Curb Your Enthusiasm, right? You you can see the situation in which Larry David is all of a sudden facing a federal case. You know, of course, the Republicans would have to be in charge for something like that to happen. Let's let's shift our gears for for a second because we have the the breaking story. Jerry and I talked about this in the first segment of the show. Um, talking about the the President Biden yesterday at the hunger, and this, of course, the headlines reading, uh, President Biden solves hunger, as Jerry pointed yeah. out to me. <laughs> the, the, the media leading up to so, so just so, so a reminder to our audience, but so Tim knows as well. I'm, I'm, I'm the editor, not mere editor, but the editor over at <laughs> Real Clear Health, and so you know, we've been covering uh, this. A conference and 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 the lead up to the conference on f- you know hunger and food insecurity and and of course you know we 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 um we uh, curate and so I'm looking at the media coverage and it really it how the Times the the Washington Post and other venues were reporting on the lead up was as if Joe Biden is this Messiah and he is coming down the mountain right uh, he's going to to solve poverty and hunger and he's going to create and, all and, the loaves and fishes i was amazed by it and so uh and even the uh the commentary that we were receiving the original op-eds that you know hey a, a submission for real clear the same thing it was like joe biden takes politics out of hunger and i was like oh my goodness this is outrageous but anyway go ahead andrew well no and then but the point is is that then joe biden gets up there he has this <laughs> massive uh, uh, brain flummox and, and, and starts encanting for a dead member of Congress. Um, and, and the, the, you know, the media, well, first of all, it, it starts with the white house narrative, but, but this is what we're talking about. I mean, the overall story is Joe and, and a story that has been spiked uh, is Joe Biden's mental fitness, right? I mean, this is, this is what we're talking. Talk about this in the context of, of yesterday's story. Yeah, I think the Washington Post had a story that basically suggested, I only saw this on Twitter, that this was the first White House summit on hunger in a long time. And I'm like, Michelle Obama? Yes. I mean, uh, and and maybe Trump had one. But look, uh, 
I am not the biggest fan of the idea that uh, that they need to force the 25th Amendment on Biden. But the, the comedy here is they did that to Trump constantly. Right. They constantly suggested he was mentally unfit. Brian Stelter, I think, had a weekly segment on reliable sources for Trump mental unfitness watch. Yeah. And and they just skipped this. So I came in this morning and I said, let's look at not just I mean, I knew already the evening shows didn't have it last night. Uh, that can take time for Katie Couric as breast cancer yes. or something, but they don't have time for Biden's gaffes, which is kind of eternal. And when they cover Biden's gaffes, it's, oh, oh, Joe, he's so charming. Grandpa, <laughs> you know, that's one of the, I mean, that's certainly what they did when he was vice president. Sure. Uncle Joe, isn't he charming? Uh, the, the, um, I said, let's look at the late night comedy. Did the late night comedy get to this? Because Jimmy Fallon ought to be having a field day with this. Sure. And it wasn't. Uh, we found Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah actually took it on and, and mocked it and said, you know, well, this is a good thing because Biden's still, you know, worrying about Osama bin Laden. So one comedian <laughs> did take it on. Uh, Greg Gutfeld was off last night. They decided breaking news, hurricane, let's not do comedy. So we should make sure. I, I'm sure that Greg Gutfeld would have had good fun with this if he had a show. And if he has a show tonight, I'm sure that'll be right there. But uh, um, even now, most of the news to us feels like who's president? Because yeah. there's so much more Trump scandal than there is Biden scandal. Sure. There's still Trump gaffes and uh, or at least Trump truth social tweets and no Biden gaffes. And so it's it is one of those things where they very uh, typically uh, are covering for Joe on a regular basis. Well, it's like another version of what we saw during the eight years of Obama, right? The, the Obama administration is the most scandal-free administration. And you're sitting here going, wait, what? No. But, but then you go down to, and part of the problem then becomes in these stories that are spiked, it's not just about the proximate narrative or the immediate narrative. But it's also about the long term. You know, history is written by the victors, and and the you know your daily newspaper is the most immediate version of history. Sure. If those stories don't get corrected, you know, it, it used to be. I'm sorry, just sort of take it back. Right, the Clintons probably refined this tactic, which is story comes up, stall, 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 stall. Then there's an investigation, uh, and and by the time it comes around to the hard questions being asked. Oh, I thought we dealt with that months ago. How come you're, you know, bringing this up now? Well, the answer is because you stalled for so many years. I mean, this so, is we now. Add, let me add to. Sorry, this go ahead, Jerry. And I want Tim's response. So, um, because the media lies uh, and how they report on an issue does become the fact. And I give you an example. So, going back several years, uh, the the whole thing in in Charlottesville. Uh, with Donald Trump yes. saying there were uh, good people on Fine both people sides, on both sides or whatever yeah. he said. Uh, I remember at the time kind of, yeah, believing this because it was so widely uh, uh, reported. And I'm thinking, how could he say this? And then I went back and I looked at the transcript. I looked at the, I looked at the, uh, the video and the audio. And I'm like, this isn't at all what happened. And I started to bring on my radio show uh, those who had reported on it. And then just and just played it and read it to them. And they were like, well, there must be something. No, nothing's missing here. But today, if you, if you ask even a center right person about that, 
they will give you the media narrative as truth. But what do you think, Tim? Yes, I think one of those, one of the things that we would try to say if somebody said, well, what, what are sort of the dominant theme at Newsbusters uh, or at the Media Research Center that, that we would want people to know? And that is when the news media says they are the first draft of history, ignore the book. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's you, you hope and dream that we have historians who aren't all Michael Beschloss on Twitter. Oh who, you know, who, who can look at, who look back on things with some kind of distance. But, um, you know, you do always think about the way these things are seen in the big picture. And you certainly can say, I can say as a, a fairly obsessive Clinton watcher, uh, I literally have a bookcase of Clinton books in my home of pro and anti. Uh, there's so many things about the Clintons that, you know, today's voters have no idea right. you know you start babbling about whitewater and they have no idea what you're talking about you know it, so yes the first draft of history of clinton is screwed the intern you know i mean it's yeah it's all history today or at least popular history is driven not just by uh the media it's driven by terrible showtime documentaries saturday night live you know, Sarah Palin apparently said, I can see Russia from my house. People yeah. believe that. Um, and you just, yeah, you, and, you then, then, and then Sarah Palin compounds it by appearing at the SNL 40th anniversary show, you know, talking about running for president with Donald Trump as a running mate. And it's just, you know, it's, it helps to sort of compound this. Let's, yeah. let's talk about how this has changed and been refined over time. You know, you've been at the media research center since 1989, um, you, you've seen the, the sweep of all of this. How have things changed? Actually, how, how have they got, how gotten worse? Well, did, yes, but I want to, that's my point. But, but within the context of what Jennifer Rubin, the so-called conservative, I'm using air quotes for those of you listening, uh, Jennifer Rubin writing last week, the so-called conservative columnist, of the Washington post saying that the media can no longer be objective. Well, okay. You know, thank you for saying the quiet part out loud, but it hasn't been objective for a while. Is that the real change? Is it now they're unabashedly, you know, partisan? Um, there was definitely a paradigm shift with the arrival of Donald Trump. Uh, you know, it is it has changed so dramatically in that when we started, when I started here, we had a monthly newsletter. You know, it was like hanging out in a research library. <laughs> uh, we had lots of time to formulate our thoughts mm -hmm. um, and to do studies of a two or three week period of 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 coverage or whatever, but yeah. And we were recording everything on VCRs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, so the, the pace has increased so much. Um, part of also what became because of, of Trump was just journalist Twitter. Yes. Um, and leftist Twitter driving journalism. Yeah. Um, yeah. These are phenomena that have certainly absolutely intensified uh the American public's contempt for what the news media produces. And when, when Donald Trump called them fake news, you know, obviously we watch lots of news here. Lots of it isn't false or fake, but what it is, so much of the news today is public relations. It's, it's publicity. It's Biden saving the children today with the hunger summit. Right. Yeah. That feels like fake news. If you are, if you don't like Joe Biden, if you're yeah. a Republican voter, it feels like, it feels like, Pravda, 
And that's what's comical is these people will say, well, Fox News is state run TV. Well, what on earth are you when the Democrats are <laughs> right. in charge? You know, were you not state run TV under Obama? Oh, but there were actually 12 of us networks that were state run TV. So it's not state run TV. I mean, it's they don't see it or they're being they're being absurd because they know what they're doing. Right. What, 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 it, that's the big change, honestly, is you yeah. could have argued in 1989. Oh, we oh, we didn't know that we tilted this a little bit. Right. I didn't buy it then. But now it would be absurd to say, well, we didn't know what we were doing by sure. not letting you speak. Now it's well, now it's me, naked. Yeah, go let ahead, me, Jerry. Let me ask you this, because uh, because there are opportunities for the for healthcare reporters, political reporters, those who cover taxes in the economy uh, to push back. Because you're right. What's happening now is the Democrats, the progressives put out a uh, a piece of legislation, put out an agenda. Uh, and then the news media adopts all the terms, adopts uh, adopts the uh, the mission of it. I, and I, just a small example, I, again, because I'm the editor of Real Clear Health, I, I had a piece today, a CEO of a pharma company submitted an original uh, uh, commentary. Uh, and the first paragraph is all about the Inflation Reduction Act and how Medicare is going to negotiate prices uh, to bring uh, drug costs down. And, and I'm reading this and I'm like, well, no, that's not what the Inflation Reduction Act does. In fact, what I did was I went and I got the provision in the law, put it in an email and I sent it back to, to their, their, their PR team. I said, look, I said, what this law does, it, it allows the health and human, the secretary of HH, HHS to pick 10 drugs and then set the prices. And there is no administrative or judicial uh, appeal to this. So essentially what this is, is that, and it's 10 drugs the first year, could be 20 or 30, you know, going years out. I said, what this is, is not negotiation. I said, this is the secretary of, of HHS setting the price. And their response to me was, you're right, Jerry, but the, but the coverage of this, the language, the terms used is they use the term negotiation instead of price fixing. And I, and I, my response was, well, so because the news media took the Biden terminology, now, now we're all supposed to use it. And again, this is, it just, it, it's endless. The, um, the, you mentioned the Mara Alago uh, uh, raid. Well, according to the Presidential Records Act, any former president has, uh, uh, is allowed access to his papers, including possession, pos possession uh, is a negotiation to, 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 to hand these uh, papers over, and he's allowed to have classified information. So, but no reporter pushes back. Anyway, I'm sorry. What, in the old days, it seems to me, reporters, even, even in, in, when they were still biased, they would still push back on government officials. There's no pushback any longer. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think uh, it used to be, you know, when you had a show like Meet the Press, uh, historically it was one, you know, one guest and four reporters and it was like a press conference and they all, right. they all asked him questions. And now it's much more a pundit roundtable. It has a feel of, of this. And yeah, Meet the Press today under Chuck Todd is... Um, I'm going to have a Democrat on and we're going to have a nice chat among friends. And then he has like Ron Johnson on. And the minute that Ron Johnson says the media is liberal, Chuck Todd screams at him like a little girl. <laughs> and it, it's one of those things where you, yeah, it's, it's not the same. Um, but even today, like we looked yesterday, the reporters in the White House briefing room were actually sort of pressing 
Corinne Jean-Pierre yes. on where's Jackie. But then when they do their reports, where's where is it? I mean, the New York yes. Times had it on A14, but but but, but the you, networks didn't have it. Right. Do you think that that's a case where you have the reporters who were in the room and then they get back to the newsroom and the and whoever is in editorial control says, no, 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 we're going to we're going to spike this. This has been, I always say this, is that, you know, we have Curtis Houck here who watches all the briefings. And my maxim is always, well, we should applaud reporters if they ask something that's a good news question. Yes. Without fear or favor. That's a very rare thing. That is anybody that says that now is probably lying. Um, But if sometimes you'll get that in the briefing room and then we'll say, okay, now let's see if it actually shows up on the program or in the paper. And most of the time it does not. Now under Trump, what would tend to happen would be this bold reporter like Jim Acosta or Paula Reed or whoever, uh, Peter Alexander would yell at Trump. (laughs) Trump would attack them back and they would run the entire exchange because hashtag resistance. Yes. Yes. And there isn't that now. So which is the worst which is the worst sin right now that plagues news and media generally? Is it the advocacy reporter or is it the lazy reporter? Right? Because I think also folks in media are getting lazier. It gets down to this PR thing. They they are they're they're unwilling to do stories on our own. Jerry and I have had this conversation within the context of radio, and you have radio newsrooms. Where the news, where the, where the where the reporters are not doing any kind of actual, they're not doing any investigative work or any kind of the journalism. They're literally reading off the internet. Yes, that's you, their that's you, their original uh, news gathering. There's a place for that, uh, and that is there's the type of reporting that's kind of giving you breaking, like the White House today will do this. The White House will have a hunger summit today. There's just basic reporting on what's happening, and that there's a place for that. Um, And the White House beat in general sometimes feels like that. I would say this, you know, we have many types of bias. We have listed them Um, under Democrat presidents or Democrat congresses. The dominant thing we watch for is bias by omission. Yeah. Like the Hunter Biden laptop. And now we have bias by omission compounded by bias by fact checking and then bias by big tech censorship. Yeah. Uh, and they can uncork a narrative like this has the hallmarks of Russian intelligence, and they all repeat it like, a, I know I'm an old person, like it's a Breck ad. Yes. And so on, uh-huh. and, so and so on, on. and so on. Uh, we have videos where we can literally show you 26 people saying the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Yeah. So, I mean, they, so in that case, you have bias by omission and then compounded by bias by dismissal, I guess you would say. This right. is... We're going to not acknowledge this as a story. And then when you try to assert it is, we're going to say, no, it's Soviet, it's Russian propaganda. Well, this is exactly what Corinne Jean-Pierre was doing yesterday. She kept trying to repeat this phrase, top of mind, top of mind, uh, historic event, historic event, in the hopes that this would go away. And as I said, I'm I'm like, you, I I took great, great. I took a small amount of comfort in the fact that she was getting pushed on this, you know, repeatedly through this to the point where I was playing each clip of through from Curtis Houck's Twitter thread on this, the point where my wife asked me to stop playing the clips because it was just getting so repetitive. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, this is this this is the the but, issue. Sorry, Andrew, Jerry, go and, ahead. And, and, and Tim, at some point, because I'm sure that there are journalists who take themselves seriously, 
at, at some point they must, because they have conversations, you know, off camera with the White House press team, they must say to them privately, look, we can't, we're not going to be able to take you seriously any longer if you, if you can't, if you can't recognize reality uh, in, in, in the press room. I mean, I, you know, it's, you know, at, at some point they, it's, it, it becomes ridiculous. And I, uh, I think, yeah, what do you think? I should state for the record, in terms of biography, I did take a sabbatical of sorts from the MRC and spent two years in the White House press corps in the first two years of George W. Bush for a, a Christian news magazine, World Magazine. And so the first thing I, I discovered about the White House briefing and the White House reporters was, these people are not really competing. They don't seem to be competing for scoops or to beat you. Um, they went to lunch together. Terry Moran and David Gregory are buddies. Um, uh, and they all felt sometimes like a team um, because one person would pick up a question and then they would end up asking it six different times, sort of like what you saw yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, I would say, I the thing I remember is, I'm going to go back to 1993. It was very early on, and George Stephanopoulos was doing the briefings for Clinton. And Tom Friedman of the New York Times, I want to say it was on the Washington Week, comes on television and he says, I just want to turn Stephanopoulos around and say, you know, this is too serious. You have to do this and you have to do that. And you have to, um, I think reporters on some level are saying, yeah, you're not helping us Democrats. I mean, I'm sorry. These people all think like Democrats. They're sure. all sharing the same political goals. And so I'm sure that what they're probably thinking to themselves is, why did Jen Psaki have to leave? This woman is so much worse at this. Uh, and, and maybe they say that to each other, where they're like, wow, she's really bad at this. Right. Um and so the same thing, you have the same token. And I would have said this when Curtis is doing the briefings, Jen Psaki, when she would screw up and say something obnoxious, it's like, that won't be on. Yeah. If you go back and you say, which clips of the Jen Psaki briefing is ABC, CBS, and NBC going to use? And this still holds true with Green Jean-Pierre. You're going to get the most press release vanilla statements out of the press secretary you won't get anything where she's fighting with the reporter. Sure. Um, you're just going to get him. She's you're going to get the, the press secretary saying the White House summit is historic. Yeah. Right, right, right. You'll get the very first quote where she read it verbatim. And and and, and then that's and then that's that yeah. you're not going to get her for saying, well, when when you're president of the United States and you sign a bill for John Lennon, then you can. Which I just right. I, I got actually angry, angry at, at, at that part. Um, Tim. Let me ask you this, this question, um, because I know, look, my parents, um, they still watch the news in, in a, in differently than I do. Um, I know that my wife's mother gets her news really from the, you know, Good Morning America, the early morning talk shows, that sort of thing. Um, but let me ask you this, though. Uh, are the American people, not just conservatives, but the American people broadly, uh, those who might be independent, those who might view themselves as moderate, are they getting the joke that the media is a joke? Are they ignoring the media more? What's what's how, so we know the news is changing, more advocacy and 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 more propaganda, but are the American people changing? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean the the public opinion polls 
on the credibility of the press have been going down the entire time I've been at the MRC. And, you know, we've had one of our little triumphs was, uh, I think it was at the 2004 Republican convention or Democrat convention. And they had one of these panel discussions and Tom Brokaw of NBC at one point piped up and just said, Brent Bozell's trying to drive up our negatives. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, a bad impression, sir. I, I, I applaud you for that. Well, it got now that everybody does it, it, it gets easier once everybody does it. Sure, but it, yes. it's, it is, um, uh, our job here isn't necessarily to drive up the negatives. We, I had an oh. angry, I had an angry conversation with Tim Alberta when Tim Alberta was actually doing a profile of Brent Bozell and the MRC, and he said, "Didn't you guys basically create the Trump monster with all of your media bashing?" And I just take offense to that because it's like what of we're course. trying to. What we're trying to do here is is call them out when it's like you would claim to be objective. You're nothing of the sort. And the information you're presenting often isn't accurate. Um, and as you already suggested, I mean, yes, we also see a really annoying tendencies like the Democrats pass an Inflation Reduction Act and the Republicans pass the don't gay, say gay bill. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, these sorts of just obvious transparent things they you almost don't need newsbusters or conservative podcasts or websites you should be if you're politically sophisticated everybody gets it and yes moderates get it they know um moderates knew that the media was in love and with obama saturday night live did a skit making fun of the media asking obama during a debate if he wanted a pillow <laughs> that's yeah. right yes so everyone knew Everyone knew the press hated Trump's guts. You couldn't avoid that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think sometimes I know exactly what you're saying because my wife watches NBC. She watches the Today Show in the morning. She watches Lester Holt at night. And then she's like, please do not comment during the story <laughs> if, if I'm present. And sometimes I have to. It's just yeah. I have to. Um, but uh the networks still have large sway in sort of setting the agenda. You know, wh whatever you think about what, you know, how they're presenting it, they're still telling you this is what the news is. Sure. And, and what the other network is doing, Rupert Murdoch's empire of influence, uh, that's not news. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, we have to have this fight over what, how they're setting the table. And I think, yes, we've gotten to a point where Republican voters don't want any awful Democrat moderators of debates. Yeah, they you know, that's where we're going. They don't they don't trust these things. They see that the media is out to destroy the Republican Party because that's the sound of it. You know, 60 Minutes had on uh, uh, Denver Riggleman and he basically suggested the Republican Party was a uh, was some sort of QAnon succubus. <laughs> and and the CBS reporter goes, well, the Republicans would say, well, you're the opposition. And he was like, I'm not anti-Republican. I'm like, we heard what you just said. <laughs> so let's shift gears uh, again. Last week, uh, MRC celebrated its 35th anniversary at a, a gala that looked spectacular. I I was I almost was going to was able to go. And then last minute, I I, I couldn't. Um, 35 years. Congratulations yeah. on that. You've been there for 
33 of those 35 years, which is an, <laughs> an amazing career. But let's turn our attention to the conservative and free market limited government world and how that kind of advocacy has changed. Jerry and I spent a lot of time talking about this. Uh, how have you guys changed? But also, what have you noticed in terms of effectiveness and how the oxygen gets burned in 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 the fire of advocacy? How is that all? How has that all changed? Well, some of it's the same, and that is, you know, we're all communicating politically and policy-wise in tweets and yeah. sound bites and and TikTok videos. <laughs> We've had successful TikTok videos here. Uh, Bill D'Agostino is our, our video mashup genius. Um, but it, it, that's part of it. And you always have to be concerned that, yeah, when you talk about policy wonkery, that in television or that in social media are, are pretty difficult. Yeah. Um, um, and one of the big complaints I had about coverage of Trump, and we put this in the, our book on Mast about Trump, was policy just vanished. They, they wanted everything to be about the stupid thing Trump just said by their lights and not about policy. And, and obviously a lot of Republican voters thought the policies were very successful right. um, as opposed to now. Um, but on that question, I mean, conservative policy wonks today have a much broader conservative media to promote their ideas in you know, that's part of it. I mean, Jeffrey Lord wrote a piece for us over the weekend, and he made this whole point about, you know, about the time the MRC was founded, Robert Bork's nomination to the Supreme Court went down. Sure. And it's like, what if we'd had a conservative media infrastructure at that time, sure. like we have now, and how much different would it have been then? So yes, on some level, you could obviously argue that conservative media is much stronger now. On the other hand, you could also argue, you know, Washington and, and America is a much more socialist place yeah. than it was in 1989. Oh, Jerry um, thinks we've lost, by the way. Jerry is very well, no, worse well, about this. What, what, what I've said, and, and it's, it's true, that the center-right conservatives have lost every single cultural and policy battle um, war uh, uh, since uh, since since Reagan, since before Reagan. Uh, we have little victories here and there. We'll get a tax bill, we'll get, uh, we'll get something. But on public education, on higher education, on cultural issues, on, on, on uh, family issues, uh, health, uh, on welfare issues, uh, we, are, we are just, uh, you know, and, 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 it's, and it's, we're not even successful here anymore. We, we, you know, we're stopping the, the fall. We're, we're stopping the uh, the fall of, of, of what the founders put forward. Uh, I don't think it has to be that way. And, 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 I, and here's my example. So um, on this program, but also on my program, I've been talking a lot about how Republicans have been resting uh, uh, in terms of resting on Biden's flops and the, the economy and, in, and the inflation. You know, things are so bad that House Republicans uh, are going to win by default. They're going to win... Yeah. Uh, they're going to win because they're so bad. And if you asked me two, three months ago, I think Repu it could have been a wave election. Republicans could have had between 40 and 60 seats. I think now that I think now it's more close to 25 seats that could change. It's, you know, it's, it's September. Uh, things can change in October, but that being said, 
they never put out an agenda. I know a couple Fridays ago, they finally came out with this commitment to America thing. Uh, but again, on a Friday in September, uh, and there was no media, really media push around. I'm Look, I'm one of the very few uh, conservative uh, talk show hosts in a top 25 market who, you know, outside of the syndicated guys, no one from the RNC uh, uh, pre-sold it or called me and asked for guests. I'm the editor at Real Clear Health. Uh, I've been asking the Republican, the Republican uh, uh, leaders in, in the House, where's your health care agenda? And uh, we have healthy futures, but they haven't given me anything on it. My point is, is that where are the this this conservative industrial complex, the AEIs, the heritages, the the Galen's, the PRIs, the, the, the CEIs, the Manhattan Institutes, we should have policy proposals on the shelf to give to Kevin McCarthy or Mitch McConnell or whomever and say, run, articulate this, go make an argument. And it seems to me we failed there, but that was a, I'm sorry, I, I filibustered, but I think we're failing on in the war of ideas. Well, I'm not as pessimistic as that. <laughs> I, uh, Jerry is, is very Eeyore-ish, Tim. This is sort of an internal discussion because I think Brent Bozell is with you. I think that he's very unhappy with the Republicans when they're out of power and even unhappier when they're in power. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think he's right. Uh, uh, I, I always look. My job is to imagine the way liberals think. I mean, obviously, I don't have to imagine if I'm absorbing it all day. But when I, you know, I always say to the youngsters here, uh, I want to I don't want to just say they're stupid, they're a commie, uh, whatever. I'm, um, they're out to destroy this country. Um, I want to sort of take it more on the level of what do they think they're they're saying? And they think yes. they're very idealistic. Um, they're. They, they think that they're the ones for democracy and they're the ones for kindness. Yes. They wear t-shirts and coffee mugs that say kindness. I haven't received a lot of kindness yes. from liberals. Uh, but anyway. Uh, Choose civility. The, sure. So I would say the liberals are probably saying the same thing right now because liberals and Democrats behind their wall are a, a tremendously pessimistic, even when they win. So they're going to start by talking about overturning Roe versus Wade. They're going to say, Jerry, how can you say you're losing every cultural battle when they overturned Roe versus Wade? Um, so I try to always imagine it from their perspective. Sure. Um, they're all sitting over there right now being, saying we're going to get our clocks cleaned. Um, they're trying to prevent that from happening. The weird thing, if you're watching network news right now, is I, we are not seeing stories on the midterms. Yeah. And you'd like to say, well, it's early. No. It's not early. It's almost October. Um, and they generally don't cover midterms the way they, you know, we're going to get more stories on the presidential race in January and February of 2023 than we're probably going to get midterm stories sure. in the next yeah. month. It's ridiculous. Uh, but uh, they're not doing so far what we would have seen, for example, in 2012 with the Todd Aiken, uh, you know, massacre uh, sure. media wise sure. you know almost a hundred minutes on the network news beating todd aiken to smithereens on one comment and that's where you you again say so todd aiken gets a hundred minutes and and where's jackie gets zero sure yeah. right yes right right and that's right. where we are well listen tim we know your time is valuable thank you so very much for for joining us today
Thank you. It was fun. It was great. I appreciate fun. Thank it. Thank you. And now it's time for the bottom line. The bottom line. So, uh, Jerry, I mean, you, uh, you, uh, you're in good company with your curmudgeonliness, with your uh, being Eeyore-ish. I think you should take great faith in the fact that, uh, that Brent Bozell agrees with you. Yes. And again, just for clarity and, and our listeners know this already, but you know, uh, when, when I look at politics, when I look at our culture, uh, what I see is, is that there's a, there's a counterfeit religion. There is a counter religion uh, uh, that is progressive politics. And, you know, we see these poll numbers where Americans are less religious. I don't believe any of it. Uh, America is no less religious. Uh, our religion has changed. Sure. I agree and, with that. And, and so you have this growing kind of progressivism. I've said this before. So instead of it, instead of going to church, uh, we're having book readings right. instead of, instead of having a Bible study, uh, we're going to yoga. You know, you know, so we, we still have the religiosity and the spiritualism, uh, but we but now instead of looking, you know, God, other self, self is now the God. Right. And it, this it, really is progressivism. It's right. it's, it's self. It's 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 self. The as most God. important yeah. person in the whole wide world is, is you, you. And you right. hardly even know you. We, we talked about right. that a few weeks ago. No, and, I agree and, with that. And, 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 and then the, the dogma that they take on faith. Go yeah. ahead. And this is why, frankly, uh, they they can tell untruths because the ends justify the means, because they take these things on faith. That's why, you know, Joe Biden can give a speech you know, and say that, you know, say that Republicans are a threat to democracy. I had a family it's member, part of his religion. I had a family member call my wife um, either this weekend or last week. I don't remember when it was. And we want to talk about the so-called story. And I wish we talked to Tim about this as well about the story that's been circulating about states that are banning um, uh, birth control, supposedly banning birth control. And I'm like, this is, this is just not true. This is not, you know, this is not happening uh, anywhere. Right. A and I, I, you know, but again, this is someone who, for whom their political position has taken on this element of faith, this element of dogma. Andrew, you yeah. have serious Democrats. Again, this is someone like you're, you're in terms of this phone call, this is someone yeah. who's who's getting information from the news and everything else. Right. And, you know, when you when you listen to the news, yeah, you think that, oh, my goodness, the Republicans want to uh, uh, criminalize birth control. It's it's a lie. But yeah. regardless, you can understand a little bit why they would think this, because they're watching Good Morning America. Right. However, where the real danger is, of course, is uh, when you have members of Congress and you have senators, Democratic senators. Uh, tweeting out uh, that Republicans, if they win, they will end the social security. Right. They will, they will end Medicare. No serious person believes this. It's not going to happen. So my question to you or, my, or to our audience is yeah. when you hear a Democrat say that Republicans are going to end social security, when do we stop taking that elected official who says that lie well, we don't, we right? because again, seriously. it gets back to what we've been talking well, about. Well, they're elected you know, over because, and over again. Because, it, because it's, well, no, 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 but my, my, well, yeah, but they are because again, they, we sort of refine these districts. So it's, it becomes a situation in which you don't have a lot of, you know, either liberal Republicans or, or, or uh, blue dog Democrats, you know, in office. And, and so, but, but to get back to what Tim said, 
what we were talking about with him, which is his idea of the media should be responsible for challenging this, right? Yes. It should be the media that should be out there saying, well, wait a minute, you said this. And then, you know something, we didn't even get into this with Tim and I'm sorry we didn't, right? Which is the problem of the fact checkers and the bias of the fact checkers. Right. Um, I um, love the fact checkers who say, well, what he said uh, is inaccurate, is wrong. However, what he was thinking in the, uh, uh, we right, understand what his right, that's, that's was, exactly what's going to so happen. Therefore, right? I, I, it's not I can a lie. Predict it with this: Where's Jackie's story? Yeah, and that the fact checkers. He said it. He looked confused. If you watch the tape, he clearly was looking for this dead member of Congress. But the fact checkers are going to say, no, no, no. He was. He he didn't really think she was there. It's a lie to say he thought she was there because what he was really trying to do was celebrate this person right. and she was at top of mind. And they're going to change. We changed. Yeah. Ah, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And again, we changed the fact checkers have to change the and, facts and change reality. And what will then happen is what they do. And then what will happen, Jerry, is anybody who goes and says the, the, that the president of the United States had this slip where he thought that a dead person was supposed to be at this event, then anybody else who said this, they're going to come back. Someone's going to come back and say, no, 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 PolitiFact or whatever has ruled right. that a lie. It's right. it's not true. And, and this is this is the problem, is that at some point in time, you know, you, you need to, you, well, yeah, there has again, to be some it, kind of accountability. It, it goes back to what we just said, uh, talking to Tim, what I mentioned, and that is, you know, uh, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act claims uh, uh, those who support it uh, claim that it will uh, reduce drug prices uh, because of this new Medicare negotiation. It's not true. Yes. And I actually confronted a um, a, 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 a pharma head. Yeah. And her response is, well, you're right, Jerry, but this is now the terminology used. Negotiation now means price setting right it's it's the redefinition of terms right to suit whatever the political moray is which right. again is, a, is an article of faith you know it's funny I, I come back to this 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 issue of of faith without faith um and of course having gone through the ethical humanist tradition in high school which the simple definition is faith without faith um i i remember getting into an argument with a republican and supposedly a conservative republican over whether or not I've talked about this before on the air, whether or not atheism was in and of itself a, a matter of faith, because you are you are articulating a faith that you that there is no that there is no God, um, and, and 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 this person was sort of saying, well, it's not nearly as you know uh, destructive as say let's say the destruction that has been caused in the name of religion over years, and then I pointed out, well, Stalin was an atheist, Stalin killed twenty million people. To, to say that to say that that uh, atheism or and then you look at you know China and the millions of people that have been killed you know in, in atheistic China sure uh, to say that atheism has not killed people is a, 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 a massive misnomer yeah so yeah, you know it's it, interesting to end on this I know you, uh, we have to go we're short on time yeah. but you know uh, uh, there's this hurricane you know people will listen to this at different times yeah. but as we speak there is this hurricane. Uh, uh, bearing down on Florida and there's hurricane of, hurricane Ian is right. And I was so going to say I, Liam, I, but I, I decided did, not to. <laughs> I did find it interesting uh, this week. Uh, governor DeSantis, the governor of Florida, was uh, giving a press conference, letting uh, the media know 
the efforts of what was happening in the counties. He had his team of emergency response people uh, and administrators behind him. And he opens it up for questions. And a reporter said, well, the Biden administration uh, is saying that you are slow to respond that uh, and he and, and DeSantis yeah. said, we stop. That's nonsense. And what you're doing is you're taking politics and, and you're promoting a political view here. The truth is, here's what we're doing. You just heard it. You're seeing it. How could you ask the question that we're not doing? The Biden administration says we're not doing anything. Yeah, that, that it, it is plain that that's not true. Yes. So why are you asking that question? I think your, your question is inappropriate. I think DeSantis has the ability uh, to push back on, on, on rogue media uh, in a way that Trump supporters liked about Trump. But if you remember those COVID press conferences, um, uh, Trump himself uh, was, his, was his own worst enemy when it came to uh, pushing back on reporters. Well, listen, Jerry, I'm off the, I'm off the DeSantis train. I just got to tell you, because DeSantis is worse than Trump. At least that's what the media is telling me. Is it? Is yeah, it, of course. Is right. that? Is it? If Trump was Hitler, DeSantis is super, super Hitler. Um, <laughs> Again, no, it doesn't I, make a difference. If, if, if by, by some miracle Romney, Mitt Romney, uh, was the nominee in 2024, uh, we'd be back right, to, of course, uh, exactly Mitt Romney. Right. Uh, you know, is killing uh, people who works uh, for right. binders, him binders, full of women, yeah. and and, and yeah, dogs right. on dog crates on top of cars. Um, Jerry got a new uh, got a new show to recommend. Tell me reboot on Hulu. I'm loving okay. it. It's, what is it? It's a it's it's a it's a show on Hulu about the attempt to reboot a 90s happy sitcom okay. uh, and make it more edgy. Uh, it's got the the great Paul Riser. I know you're a you're a big you're as big a Paul, Paul Riser fan as I am. Big Paul Riser fan. Yeah. So it, we find out his daughter is the showrunner of the reboot. He was the executive producer and and writer of the original show and so some of it's about their conflict and some of it's about their cast members it's it's uh it's uh judy greer who was on arrested development and uh I, one of the guys from key and peel i always get them confused uh johnny knoxville and essentially the original yeah, premise of the sitcom was judy greer and the guy from key and peel they're married Johnny Knoxville is her ex-husband who lived with them. And then there's a step kid that the, all three of them are trying to raise. So now imagine it's 30 years later and they reboot the show and the kid's now grown up, but his mother still comes to the set with him every day. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's hysterically funny. I, I have, I have enjoyed it. Also enjoying Andor, the, uh, the new Star Wars show on Disney. You know what? Star Wars has now jumped the shark. I think Marvel did the same. There are so many, so many storylines and shows. Okay. And it's just, it's too much. Here's the thing. It's Keep too much on top of it's. It's like putting a log on a fire. It just, it just, the but fire goes in out. Mine, right. Is that for so long, we didn't have any Star Wars stories beyond some books and the comic yeah, books. Yeah. And I think Star Wars is making up for, for lost time. And there have been hits and there have been misses. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the Boba Fett story. I wasn't a big fan of the o Obi-Wan. I'm loving Andor. Um, you know who did this right? Star Trek. 
Well, did it right. Okay. Well, but are you right? Watching they had the they had Star the Trek movies. Shows? They had the movies. Then the reboot. Sure. And then, but then, the, then the programs. But the programs were spaced out, and uh, no pun intended. And you know, and 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 you know, right? And they kind of all fit together. It made sense. But now I think in I have some no ways, idea what the hell is going Star, on with Star Wars. Star Star. But I think Star Trek has also, in some ways, jumped the shark. Right How? now that they've got. Well, are you watching any of the new the new shows? No. See, there you go. But, but so what, what, I like I, I, I like Picard. Yes, uh, I I liked Enterprise yes. for the most part. Um, did East not. Space Nine was good. You no, know, no, but I'm talking about the modern ones. I'm talking about the ones that are all out now, which is okay. Picard is good. Yes, uh, Enterprise is okay. I don't like Discovery. I haven't Wait, watched Enterprise. Lower Enterprise. What is Enterprise? So Enterprise is the one that takes place. It's the it's it takes place in the prior five year mission before Kirk yeah. takes over. Oh yeah, that, that's an old show. No, 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 no. Oh, there's Enterprise. Enterprise. There's the new one. There's um, a new Enterprise. Yes. No, Star Trek. What was that one? It was Star Trek. Was it Star Trek Enterprise with it was Enterprise. Scott Bakula? It, it's, no, for, a, it, it, it's first season. It was Star. It was um, Star Trek Enterprise, and then seasons uh, uh, two, three, and four, maybe five. It went five. It, it, it went from Star Trek Enterprise to Enterprise. Yes, but now, so now there's a new Star. The new Trek. Enterprise. Yes. So it, but it's 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 the one with Captain Christopher Pike. And I've it's early it. Spock and early. It's good. I mean, there are episodes that I liked, and there are episodes I didn't like. What what, what network or streaming? It's all on Paramount. They, these are all on Paramount Plus. See, I don't have Paramount Plus. Yeah. So so um. See, this is why you're not getting. I have a th- I have a thousand. I have so a thousand channels. There's a, there's a the cartoon. One quality, the one there's I don't a have cartoon one, Jerry, called Star Trek Lower Decks, that I I ju- I just can't watch, um, because it just looks. I think it looks goofy, but apparently people like it. But but this is a, they're all sort of they're all doing this now that now that you have the streaming platforms. Like and I don't like I've, I've I've said this I'm I'm done with the Game of Thrones House of the Dragon. You know what? Interesting. I, I watched uh, episodes one, two, three, and four and five. Yes. I didn't like episode five. I thought it was so rushed. There is the uh, the the murder at the wedding, uh, unexplained. There yeah. is. It was just weird. Well, it's, 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 why don't you like it though? Well, I don't like it because there are, I don't think any of the characters are interesting. I don't think any of the characters are particularly sympathetic. None. There's not one likable character. Yeah. I don't think there's any, there's any uh, action that either a makes sense or B advances a story. I think when something interesting happens, they immediately pivot. So the, the episode before the wedding, for instance, I think I've talked about this Yeah, with the, with the young, the young suitor, young kid. And there's something else that happens in in the wedding episode. I don't remember in the next episode where they time jump. Well, right? yeah, the, the king collapses at the wedding, and then they time jump is ten years later, and the yeah. king's still alive. And the king's still alive. And 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 so you know, it, it, but again, it's like I it, I'll give you I'll give you a really good example flaw, though, as you hit on it already. But its greatest flaw is there's no one to root for. Right. There's no one to root yeah. for. And also, frankly, I don't think there's particularly anybody to root against. I don't particularly care about any of these people. And, and I went I went over the weekend and and went through the synopsis of the first six episodes of the original Game of Thrones season one. You know, and by, by, by episode six and season one in season one, Ned Stark was arrested. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the, the imp was arrested and on, I think he'd already been on trial or yeah. he was getting ready to go on trial. Jon Snow was firmly up at the wall. 
Um, it was yeah. the episode in which uh, uh, the prince, uh, the Targaryen prince, had the gold poured and over. We had we had seen Nightwalkers. Yeah, 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 and we and we see the the the, the Nightwalkers. That's right. Yeah. And, and so all of that stuff had happened by episode six. And I'm like, what this, this just, this just, You're right. This, this I agree story. with you. And I'll give you one more, one more real quick example before we go. Like we talk about the crab King or the pirate crab King, whatever yeah, his yeah, name yeah, is. Yeah. And the trial was a threat. And then all of a sudden the, the King sends the troops, but then the brother goes and defeat and, and, and right. they're defeated. And, How and that we're supposed to, and right. And we're supposed to, and we're supposed to like, I don't know, sometimes like the guy, um, um, you know, Matt Smith's character, Prince yeah. Damon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at other times where you know we're we're you know we we're not. He's supposed to be evil, right? He's supposed to be like in in the original Game of Thrones. He's supposed to be like Ramsay Bolton, you know, mm-hmm. who was so thoroughly despicable. But right, there was the one thing is that he was a bastard. So you know that you're supposed to sort of understand that this is where his mind goes. Yeah, he he's was cruel evil, and horrible. He, he was evil. Um, yeah. So I loved, the, how, I loved how he died. By the way. Oh yeah, of course, right? Again, one of the best, one of these great scenes. And so, you know, you're hoping that with some of these interludes, uh, uh, you know, so have you watched the latest episode where time jumps? I'm I started it and okay. I got bored and I stopped. So there's a I, character I that I'm calling House of the Dragon Rip, which is so the the I, I you know somebody spoiler alert if you if you don't want to be spoiled by this, turn it off. There's a there's a knight and the princess the blonde princess's house well, they're, they're obviously yeah they, he's obviously the father of her kids right and he is very clearly based on rip from yellowstone the greatest character on television today and, and i'm not going to even get into what happens but the, the point is in the end he is again they introduce a really interesting character and, and they, then and they mess it up they mess it up so anyway i'm all, what, I'm what, off, we, we got to go but i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you this question yeah so um you know Often on movie night, you know, the kids like a movie. Sometimes we watch a movie together. We watched Elvis with yeah. our big kids and we loved it. But sometimes Eric and I, we don't know what to watch. And so it's just two of us. Uh, the kids are doing their own thing. And we'll go back and watch uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Sure. And so we've gone through it now twice. Um, and But I'm, I'm finding that the later episodes are so much better than yeah. the earlier episodes. I agree with that. I think the writing got better, okay. the attention got in. You know, and I find the same thing with Veep. You know, you should go back and, and watch Veep if, if yeah, you Veep can. Veep is funny. Erica hasn't seen Veep. That'd so, be a good series. So let me, let me add one, Jerry. Resident <laughs> Alien, which you can get on Peacock, and Peacock is free. Yeah. Resident Alien. Resident Alien. It's a sci-fi show. And it's about an alien that comes to Earth. He is supposed to come and destroy Earth, but his ship crashes and he takes human form. And it's about his oh, adventures and misadventures. Seen, and it's got I've the seen, guy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got good. the guy. Yeah, the guy from, um, for those of you who don't know, it's got the guy who was on Firefly, Alden Tudyk. He did a bunch of things. Um, we love that show. So we're. we're know, like, what, know what we need? Yeah. We need another show like Columbo or like Monk. Yeah, I mean, this is why I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching the Rockford Files every day. Oh, I love the Rockford Files. Yeah. So one you of know. the great, one of the greatest shows in the history of television. Right. I mean, this is this is this is exactly great it. Show. So we're going through these episodes, and again, there's a couple of free streaming services you can watch it on. Um, like, there's a free streaming way of doing it on Amazon. 
Uh, but I, you know, it happens to be on our cable network three times a day. So I can just TiVo stuff yeah, yeah. and catch up on old episodes. So, um, and I, and it's one that I hope they never reboot because I just couldn't, I couldn't handle that. Yeah. You know, I'm not, all did right, man. Re- so you have re- a show on Sunday. Well, uh, you're show on, uh, Jerry Rogers show. Uh, we have some interesting new uh, segments now. Um, we, we do the, we do a Liberty update, Liberty update uh, with theme music and uh, Brian Darling from, uh, our friend Brian, uh, everyone knows who Brian is. He's a, a founder of Liberty Government Affairs. He's usually my guest during the update. And then we do this really fun segment now, Andrew, called Jerry's Just Right. And because I, you know, <laughs> it's it's my my version of dittos. Yeah. You know how in the early days people would call Rush Limbaugh. Oh, yeah, mega dittos. Mega dittos, right? And, 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 and mega dittos. Yeah, and how that Rush happened was out there. because callers would just waste so much time just i agree with you i agree with you i agree with you and he just said one day hey just say ditto yeah and then, and then ditto ditto became mega di- di- yes. so now we have jerry uh, jerry's just right uh, a segment where i kind of uh, rub uh, the progressives nose in it so to speak about all the things andrew and, and when we did this you know we do this together and when you were on wbal too you and i were always way ahead of the curve yes there were issues where i was saying don't do that or do that. And everyone was like, no, be careful. You're wrong. Only to, only that we were right. So, so now I'm going back and, and I'm, and I'm all these issues where I was right. And everyone said I was wrong. I love it. I'm making clear how, how, how we were right on it. And so Jerry's of, on, on Sunday. Else. We've got the new podcast up the federal news. Yes, lunch I, hour. I, up, I watched the few, I watched the first few minutes of, of, of the, <laughs> of the one you sent. I haven't watched it all yet. But I tell you the truth, I, I, I said this to Andrew off off air, guys. Um, I the, the how the show starts is great. Thanks. It's yeah, just, we may be we a, may be with that in mind. We may be making some changes to our start yeah. ends here, which what's is what's it called again, Andrew? What's it? What's the what's the, the podcast the called? Federal Newswire is the name of the parent company. Federal Newswire Lunch Hour right now available on YouTube. Hopefully, soon wherever fine podcasts it's are. It's very sold. good. I endorse yes. it. Six episodes uh, in the hopper. Five more episodes in the hopper, I should say. Uh, Jerry, what do you want people to do? Find the truth, plant your feet, and stand firm. God bless you. Have a great week, everybody. Have fun. And please, especially if you're in areas where the hurricane or tropical storm is, please stay safe.